1: Good afternoon. Thursday edition of the Steve Jones Show. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean Carey here and Steve on his way in to the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza. Sunbury and Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I like to call Thursdays during the football season Steve Jones Thursdays. Here on WKOK. Of course, when we are done with our show here, we'll have our late day news roundup at 5.06 with Sarah Bennick, And then 6.05, it'll be the Penn State Coaches Show from Primanti Brothers in downtown State College. Steve, of course, will have the head coach, the Nittany Lions, James Franklin, on. Get the latest information from coach. As we are now, at this moment, just a hair over 48 hours away from kickoff in the shoe. Penn State, Ohio State. And, of course, we will have live coverage here on WKOK, beginning with the tailgate show at 2 with Steve. Jack Ham. Derek Williams and Roger Corey, and kick off just after 3.30. Number two versus number six. And since it is a Thursday, we will have our high school football roundtable. We will round up our Sunbury Broadcasting Football announcers, get you set for what will be the regular season finale tomorrow night. It's hard to believe we'll get a full season of high school football in before Halloween arrives. We will have our announcers on at 3.35. Milton Shikalemi. we will have the Braves call here on WKOK with Kevin Hur and Dick Hort. And you can hear the Milton call on Talk Radio 1380 WMLP with Steve Williams. Both Steve and Kevin will join us in about a half an hour, less than half an hour. Also, you got the showdown for the Little Brown Jug, Lewisburg-Mifflinburg, and that's got some playoff implications on the line. Yeah. Greg Wetzel, Justin Michaels will have that for us on 100.9, the Valley, tomorrow night. And then lots of folks will be dialed in to Grove as they take on undefeated Southern Columbia. We'll have that on Eagle 107. Zach Showers will join us for a preview on that game in about half an hour.
2: Very nice. Looking forward to that. A little treat for you tomorrow. Phil Steele. How about that? Love it. Love to have Phil back on. Phil Steele tomorrow.
1: I always love hearing him in August, cause then you know it is time to get the summer vacations out of the way, start to really get prepped for football. He's the guy, of course. Every Saturday, never goes to a game in person, cause he's got all those what a minimum of twelve right. screens in front of him. Well,
2: <laughs> okay, but let's let's put it let's put it this way: the fans can understand. How much do you as a fan really know, and let's pick a marquee team, about Alabama? How often have you watched Alabama play this year? I don't mean highlights. I don't mean listening to another commentator Were you, the fan, watched Alabama.
1: I haven't even watched less than a half of Alabama football this year.
2: Right. Here's another one. How many of you know about TCU? at all
1: yeah I watched I would say a little more than a half of their game against Oklahoma State but that's
2: it not even a full you game as, You as fans like me heard what Notre Dame did the other night to USC but I know I didn't watch a second of it I've, I've if I've watched a quarter of Notre Dame football this year now look I'm also traveling too so it comes into play That's why I wanted to have Phil on the show. Phil has seen everybody. He can break down why is TCU doing what it's doing. Is there an Achilles heel? What's Alabama doing? Is there an Achilles heel? Penn State, Ohio State, same story about them. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Maybe talk about a player that you haven't really heard a lot about, a guy named Bryce Love out of Stanford, running back, who might not play tonight. We'll see. Well, that's why I wanted to have Phil on the show. Because I wanted to have somebody that's actually watched extensive tape and outings of each team, as opposed to us sitting here and, I mean, can I talk in general terms about everybody? Sure, I can talk in general terms about everybody. Phil can do it in specific terms. For example, Penn State will play at Ohio State Saturday. And when we leave the hotel... time we're on the air, 2 o'clock? i got the itinerary here. Let me just get it. We leave the hotel at... Uh, at 12.50. Now, what am I going to watch until 12.50. Anything? Me Leaving at 12.50 means I'm going to be downstairs at 12.30. So anything at noon, I'm not going to see. Maybe I'll catch a minute or two of something in the booth. That's it. Okay. Now Penn State's at 3.30. Game's over. Probably off the air between 7.30 and 8. Get on the plane, come back. Good chance we're back here about 10 o'clock. About which games at noon, 3.30, and 7 have I watched? None. I'll watch a Pac-12 game. I probably know more about the Pac-12 than I do about any other conference besides the Big Ten. (laughs) Because that's the game I end up watching. But, see, that's my point. So if you were to ask me, Steve, what did you think of, and then Phil Steele was saying here, I look at Phyllis, Phil, you've seen them exponentially more than I have. So we're going to have Phil on the show coming up uh, tomorrow. And that means we're doing picks today, too, right?
1: You betcha. See if the Mystic from the East can continue to uh, clean the decks, putting you and me to shame. I have no idea how
2: bad was that last week.
1: Ah, uh, let's see. Well, your brother, 6-0, I was 5-1, and and you were 4-2. Hmm. Wow. So my so I I was one game behind Kevin. I'm now behind him by two, and you now trail by six.
2: Or if you were one game behind, you got to be three games back, right? Or you know, you were five and one, five and one. Okay, so you're two back. Yes, two back,
1: and you're six back. So yeah, we lost a little bit of traction.
2: I'm very comfortable where I am. You know, kind of <laughs> like a kind of like a lone wolf.
1: If you're happy where you're happy, then I'm happy for you.
2: So Steve Williams will be calling the Milton broadcast and the suit will call call the Chickalemi broadcast. We know how competitive the suit gets, so we're not putting him in the same room, are we?
1: Uh let's see. I think I w- I would think tomorrow night Horty will be between the two.
2: Good luck, Coach. I because mean, I mean, Steve, I mean, Steve Williams handles himself perfectly. I mean, sure. Absolute gentleman. But, you know, the suit tends to taunt other broadcast teams. <laughs> Matt Catrillo will be in the booth tomorrow night. He'll be covering the
1: game for the Daily Item.
2: Oh, great. So Matt, Matt will
1: be there, too. man yeah. So.
2: Boy, that ceiling's sh- that that yeah. gross Southern Columbia thing has all sorts of intrigue, doesn't it?
1: That's going to be juicy. That could be a low scoring game. Last year, it was Southern 52 35. So I. Don't know if we'll see that many don't we'll see that many points tomorrow night or not, but Zach may have a completely different picture than I do, since he's able to watch more game film than me. But we'll have to uh we'll pick his brain and find out.
2: And Lewisburg the the little brown jug game, Lewisburg mifflinburg huh? That's fun.
1: That's got some playoff implications on the line, despite the fact, with all those injuries that Lewisburg is uh, going through, and also they lost. Uh, they're now down their two start. They're, they're now their top two running backs are out. Max Moyers got wow. hurt last week, so That's they are not playing with a full deck. So wow,
2: that well, sounds like the host of this show.
1: <laughs> Me? No, 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 no way.
2: <laughs> I couldn't help myself on that one. <laughs> I was on some talk show and somebody said something about the calls I made. Oh, you've made some call real some calls lately, and I, my response was, "It's about time." <laughs> it's <all. laughs>
1: Neil Riddell said the exact same thing when he when we closed out his chat with him on Tuesday.
2: Yeah. So. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gave me all these years. I finally came up with one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> We have fun. When I actually did Rich Scarcell's podcast today, which was a lot of fun. I this, yeah, it. this is the first
1: year Rich is doing that, and uh, it's a terrific listen.
2: Yeah, so I was I uh, was his guest today, and I had a blast doing it. Rich, I always have a lot of fun talking to Rich. Anyway, so I did that today. Um, and
1: well, we got a lot of fans know. of this show that that uh, you know trust and respect Rich's work. With the oh, Redding Eagles, yeah, so, no, so we have,
2: we have fans requesting him on the show. This is true,
1: including our fan Marianne. Thanks for listening, Marianne. Yes. So, uh, thank you, Marianne. Appreciate that. So, yeah. So, for folks that uh, still need even more Penn State info, check out Rich's podcast each week.
2: We're going to take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. He went six zero. Oh, really? See, the difference is, is he handles it really well. Mm-hmm. When the suit wins the bowl thing, and then throws a big party,
1: you know, <laughs> you'll get good. you'll get a kick out of this. I thought he had his poker face on about a week or so ago. He, you know, he'll normally pop into the studio from time to time, and he nonchalantly asked me, "Did I win the bowl picks last year?" He literally forgot. So he claims. I said, yeah, you're now what, the three? T- I said, yeah, you're now the three-time defending champ. He's up to three now, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. sure. Whatever he whatever <laughs> thinks. <Yeah. laughs>
1: whatever <you> he think. <laughs> well, Let's see. One week, a few weeks back, I went 6-0. and Kev went 6-0 and last week. So now it's your turn. We'll all get a taste well, of the fun.
2: Then <laughs> you can be level with me, and then we'll... Uh, again, my my point is simple. I pretty much lock in on one game, <laughs> <laughs> so the other games, I don't know, not so sure. But uh, yeah, I just I just want you know what the the biggest part of this is, I just I just hope the audience is having fun with it. The audience is having fun with it, then it's a good segment. That's how I look at it.
1: I have not heard anything negative since we started the pick segment over a year ago. So,
2: right. And if I did, I would wow. share it
1: with you, and then we would come up with ways to make it better.
2: Yes, yes, we would. Would um, they love Kev? They love Sean. But wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on <sorry>. a <laughs> second. what what part don't they like wait a minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) so I know we're going to dial into some high school stuff next half hour so I just wanted to pick your brain for a few quick minutes of what you saw last night in practice and and maybe a thing or two that you wanted to bring up to coach tonight on the coaches show
2: well let's run down all the stuff I watched last night, no we're not going to do that (laughs) Um, look do I think they're ready yes That's what I think. I think they're ready. Now, if they've got one more tonight, it'd be nice to see if they are as sharp tonight as they were last night, but see how it plays out. I mean, I know they've had a bye week. To me, a bye week, the most, the most what I put the largest importance on in a bye week is not that, hey, you can come up with a play. I understand that. But everybody is sore this time of the year. Everybody's sore. Bump, bruises. Just having just a few days off you know, to get some of that soreness out. Ohio State's had the advantage of that this week, like Penn State had the advantage, before Michigan. And that's that to me is the big part of it.
1: Yeah, you brought that up yesterday. There would not be a surprise early on in the game. Well, maybe later there'd be a wrinkle or two that Urban will throw in there. Uh, yeah. If if that happens early, would be just a key to you know, tr- you know get the crowd out of it early, or maybe they'll just trade okay. out, trade off some punts but early too.
2: Right, but there are certain rules that you play by out there. I'm talking about like rules that are put in place that if you see something, you know, those things you practiced against in other realms, right, say if they do this, we've got a rule in place as to how we play it in general without being specific about it. You know what I mean? So in other words, you know, they come out, so say, for example, they come out in a 3-4 three, a three four front, which I don't expect Ohio State to do. All right? They're a 4-3 team. But say, for example, their wrinkle was going to come out in a 3-4 front. Well, Penn State would adjust right away and go to their general rules as to how they handle a 3-4 front. See what I mean? They just faced a 3-4 front last week in Michigan anyway. So, I mean, so the, the rule comes into place. They faced a 4-3 and a 3-4 last week in that game. So, I mean, that's just – I'm just giving you a gross generalization if, they, if suddenly Ohio State came out and played that way. If Ohio State came out and played an unbalanced line. There are certain rules, for example, you have in place – when you see an unbalanced line as to how, how you generally want to play it. So, I mean, so there are certain things that you do have, or if they come out with, quote, a surprise, you already have some rules in place as to how, in general, you would handle the surprise. First five minutes will be important, I think. Yeah, you know, because I think after the first five minutes, the game settles down. Because you know, they're gonna come out, they're gonna be fired up, they're gonna be ready to go, crowd's gonna be crazy the whole thing. You just like, okay, you weather that, boom, then it becomes a game. You can for example, you come out and you you score first, and Penn State's done that four out of seven games this year. Now it changes a lot of the dynamics. And remember, Ohio State has not spent a lot of time playing from behind this year. The one time they had to play from behind, well, they played from behind the Indiana game. But, you know, playing from behind the Oklahoma game, they didn't handle it very well. Now, they may handle it better now. I don't know. And nobody knows with Ohio State, they've been just romping one team after another. I mean, they look like a juggernaut. The question is, is the confidence real because they're just that good? And I think they're really good. Or is it false bravado? where the combination of you're good and they aren't <laughs> dramatically works in your favor. Now you're in a dogfight and suddenly you're not as d- dominant. You know, you just don't know. That's, when, that's why there's so much mystery in this particular game coming up. Always a lot of guessing when it comes to big games between two really good teams. That's why you want to see the game. That's why you want to And look, if Fox couldn't be happier, you got two national brand names playing great head-to-head against each other with a game with stakes, followed by the World Series. That's not a bad Fox day.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for this day in sports history, then we'll get right to our high school previews. In 1990, Wayne Gretzky became the first NHL player to reach 2,000 points. And in 1995, Mario Lemieux scored his 500th career NHL goal, second fastest to get to that plateau, behind, of course, the aforementioned Wayne Gretzky. 2005, White Sox won their first World Series in 88 years when they beat the Astros in four straight games. Astros last night won their first ever World Series game. In dramatic fashion, we'll get to that during our play-by-play call of the day. That was a classic last night. High school football preview time, Milton at Chickalumni. Coming up, and Steve Williams will have the call on WMLP. Steve, a lot more to talk about this week. What did it do for everyone involved with Milton football to see a winning performance last week?
4: Well, I'll tell you, it was a huge, huge load off of everybody's shoulders. Uh, It was senior night, so that made it even more special. And you could just see the uh, jubilation down on the field after the game. Uh, got down to shake uh, the coach's hand and, and talk to him a little bit, and he had a big grin on his face. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to leave the field that night. You would have thought they had just won a world championship and center their first game in three years.
2: They had an overtime miss the week before. Obviously, to get to that point, you had to play well. Was there a confidence carryover because they had played well the week before?
4: Well, yeah, they've really found a rhythm with their passing game. And I'll tell you, I think the biggest thing that happened the week before is uh Kmar Bradley really had a bad game against Montoursville. He really stepped up against Mifflinburg, uh, had some key catches and some drives, uh, almost had two picks and then did finally get an interception. Uh, and that was a big, a big thing for him, uh, just gaining some confidence. He's just a sophomore, has a lot of skill, and you know they're really working hard with them, but that that was a huge factor in that game
2: right, So now they go into this one, and the postseason play, believe it or not, is not out of the realm of possibility. There's a checklist of things that needs to happen, but Steve, it is a possibility.
4: Yeah, absolutely. If they beat Shikolemi, uh, they'll come in as a number four seed. Uh, then they'll have to end up playing Sealands Grove. Of course, Shikolemi doesn't want that to happen. They want st- to they want to win as a number one seed, which they can do if they win and Southern loses. Um, you know, that's or Southern beats excuse me, Southern beats Grove. Uh, That's a tall order for the Sealands Grove seals. But even if Milton does not uh, win the game against Shikolimi, they can get into the Eastern Conference playoffs against Nanakoke. Now, a lot of people that are just recent football fans may not know what the Eastern Conference is, but it's a conference that started back in 1922 and uh, was huge. I mean, even in the first years of the PIAA, coaches like Jazz Diminik and uh, George Curry kind of thought of the Pennsylvania State playoffs as a... uh, Consolation prize and preferred to go into the Eastern Conference, so uh, it's not as prestigious as it used to be. But you know, it gives these kids an extra game uh, to develop and get ready for next year.
2: Right. Keys to this game coming up on uh, Friday night.
4: Well, they're going to have to figure a way to stop out, stop the athletes that Lemmy has. That was one of the things that I talked with Coach Davis about last week. Uh, they have a lot of talent, a lot more so than what uh, Milton has. They're going to have to find a, an answer to the running game. And they're going to just have to keep on uh, you know, throwing the ball, which they've been doing very well, and get away from just dumb penalties. They had three drives. They started at first and 15 for jumping offsides. You know, That's not supposed to happen this late in the season, but it still is.
2: Steve, an absolute pleasure. Friday night had to be a lot of fun for you because when it finally happens, uh, it, it extends to everybody.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and when it happens with uh, you know twenty seconds left in the game, it makes it even more fun.
2: Yeah, and you called it right, Steve. Thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. Steve Williams. You'll hear the Milton broadcast on WMLP, and uh, the Chicotletme broadcast will be on WKOK. And we bring in Kevin Hurz at his fair share of dramatic games during the course of the year.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, last week was one of those games coming down from two scores down twice to win the game and giving Shikolami a shot at uh, number one seed in the district playoffs. It was one of those games that uh, you really found, Steve, the character of this Shikolami team and the senior leadership, it really showed on the sidelines last week.
2: Yeah, no question about that. And uh, you know, you you get tested at certain points, and you survive at certain points. What did it show you about the character of this team?
5: Well, they've been tested twice in the same situation. Uh, once with Jersey Shore a couple of weeks earlier, and now with a very good loyal sock team. And the the you saw a team of uh, seniors and a group of seniors on the sidelines that were just trying to convince some of the younger guys, "Hey, we're not out of this game. We've done this before. We can come back, and we can make a game of this." and they did it not only once but twice in the game and almost uh, wanted to almost sent it to overtime before winning it outright
2: all right so now in this one milton's coming off a win did, did that allow a bunch of 16, 17, and
5: 18-year-olds to go under more respect for what they have in front of them tomorrow night? (laughs) Oh, you better believe it did. Both the coaching staff and the players are now, uh, I mean, they were concerned always about a game coming up every Friday night, but now there's even more concern because these Milton kids have had a taste now of what it feels like to win, and some of these kids haven't felt that. Now having a playoff implication uh, in this game for Milton, that makes it even tougher, and Shikolami cannot afford to let Milton hang in in this game. They need to come out early. They need to use the athletes that, that Steve Williams was talking about earlier to their advantage. And I'll tell you what, the thing that concerns the Shikalumi staff more than anything is the way Milton can put points on the board.
2: All right. How well has, uh, Mil- has uh, Shikolimi played pass defense this year?
5: Well, they're solid in pass defense. It's not Their pass defense, actually, yardage-wise, has done better than their rushing defense. But they haven't really played too many prolific passing teams. They've played basically running teams or short, long, what I like to call long handoff passing teams. So it'll be interesting to see what adjustments they have to make here in the secondary. They've covered pretty well, but a lot of the coverage that has been uh, very tight has been man-to-man coverage. Well, now they're going to have some really good receivers that I think match up maybe for the first time this year uh, better for the offense than Shikolemi's defense. They've been able to use some of their athleticism to outmuscle some of these uh, bigger receivers to the ball, but they're going to have a lot more bigger receivers in the patterns this week than they've seen the last couple of weeks.
2: What has this run by Shikolemi done for the fan base? Are you seeing bigger crowds? you seeing bigger crowds on the road? Uh,
5: You're seeing bigger crowds on the road. You're seeing bigger crowds at home. Uh, There's people talking about this team constantly, especially on Saturdays, no matter where you're going. I mean, this has been a very entertaining year for Shikalumi football and a very optimistic year for the program. We said a couple of weeks ago that they hit a program game uh, when they won the uh, Heartland Conference outright for the first time. You know, they continue to have these program-building games where uh, kids that normally wouldn't have come out for football now all of a sudden they're interested in it for next year.
2: All right, that's on WKOK. Kevin Hur on the coach stick court tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, 6.30, the airtime. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. And, yes, you've won the, uh, the bowl thing the last few years.
5: All right, well, you know, that's, that's the biggest and most important thing to me is making sure I keep that crown.
2: Oh, no. There are a lot of people within the confines of the station that want you crowned.
5: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's it's tough. He's so quick. I'm telling you.
2: Sean, really, I mean, seriously, this does come down to the area of low-hanging fruit, the, doesn't th- it? it? does. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I it's didn't it think is. it was
5: that yeah. low. You I know? mean, I, I thought it was more like a coconut. I didn't think it was an apple low-hanging quick, Quickness
1: has not changed in this time frame since 2012. All I all I know is that
2: you really feel like you're 98 on the slogan. All right. Okay, uh, let's get the little brown jug game in there. Greg Wetzel joins us. Greg, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Steve? Doing great, my friend. Lewisburg and Mifflinburg coming up. Discuss, you know, from your point of view, the, the rivalry
3: and what makes the rivalry tick. They're nine miles apart. You know, um... The school districts border each other. The Mifflenburg school bus goes by my house. I live in Lewisburg. The Mifflenburg school bus goes by my house on their way to school. So, I mean, you have relation that is playing against each other now. You have cousins against cousins. Uh, It's it's just something you can't describe anywhere else, really and truly, because the, the communities are really tied together that way. And it's right. for Bradley, So now Rice, let's get into
2: level of play when Wait. it comes to this, Greg. What kind of level of play are you seeing from Lewisburg, and what's the read you have on Mifflinburg?
3: It, Lewisburg, it's just tough to get it right now because of the injury, Steve. It's, uh, it's really affected their level of play in terms of who's going to be the running back, who's going to be the receivers. Now they're, what are you down to, what, the third running back now? Actually, if you consider Farron Auto, a backup tailback, they're down to their fourth tailback. Wow. And they're down to their sixth wide receiver. So that when Lewisburg, I mean, they run four wide receiver sets a lot of the time. Uh, they're, they're just not going to be able to do that right now. Um, they're, they're running unbalanced line to take advantage of the size that they have. And the, and the strength of their team right now is their, their offensive line. So they get another offensive lineman in there. They even put an offensive lineman in at fullback. To get more blocking in there, so I think what we're going to see tomorrow night is um, a lot of running the football because the the kids that are going to be playing wide receiver just don't have the experience running the routes, running the patterns that they're that they're running uh, in a varsity game. Mifflinburg, on the other hand, they have a, a quarterback who is very athletic. He's thrown for close to 1,100 yards. He's rushed for over 400, almost 500 yards. They have one ride receiver, a stall a stall kid that's um, caught five touchdown passes and about 480 yards receiving. So I think, athletically, right now uh, with the conditions that Lewisburg is in, that Mifflinburg might have a m- more athletes, readily available for the game tomorrow night. And I think that's that's going to be the key to the game turnovers, and uh, if Lewisburg can handle the athletic prowess that Mifflinburg has right now.
2: What would it mean to play with the lead in a game like this? Oh, I,
3: I think that would be huge. I think uh, the first score tomorrow night will be huge because the game is at Mifflinburg. If Lewisburg can get out to a lead, that would be huge for them. And if Mifflinburg gets out to lead, their, their crowd will be into the game the whole night. Last year, very similar circumstances in the game last year. Lewisburg got out to a lead and then advanced to a two-touchdown lead, a two-score lead, and you could just see the tide. Tide switch and Lewisburg won by about four touchdowns last year. Greg, absolute pleasure. Good luck with it coming up tomorrow night. Hey, thank you.
2: All right, seven o'clock, uh, six thirty the airtime on uh, one hundred point nine the Valley, and then there's Southern Columbia at Sealands Grove on Eagle one oh seven tomorrow night, seven o'clock the kick, six o'clock the airtime. Zach Showers joins us. Zach, it really—I mean, do you feel in a lot of ways it is built up to this?
6: It absolutely has. Uh, this has turned into a pretty nice rivalry game. Uh, unfortunately for Sealensgrove Grove, a little one-sided to Southern the past couple years, but there's no question that everything's built up to this. You have a 9-0 and Southern team going against uh, an 8-1 and Sealensgrove Grove team that's I think, playing their best football of the year right now.
2: Last year it was a wild, high-scoring game. Uh, do you sense that the defenses are a little bit more in tune this year?
6: Yeah, I think so. And I was looking at numbers uh, from last year. Seelands Grove had 571 yards of total offense, but uh, was actually outdone by Southern, who had 705 yards of total offense. Um, I know Seelands Grove is definitely playing better defensively than what um, what they have uh, and what they were last year. Um, they're healthy on that side of the ball. And since the Shikalimi game, they haven't given up more than 14 points. Uh, Southern, on the other hand, is coming in, and they have only been held under 41 points just one time this season when they were held to 29 versus Mount Carmel. So um, I, I think uh, Steelers Grove is going to be looking for some opportunities to uh, ex- exploit a lot of the, the one-on-one coverage that Southern's going to be uh, putting out there, and Southern's going to be doing what they've primarily been doing um, through their big runs the past couple of years, um, albeit throwing the ball a little bit more than what they have in the past.
2: Zach, you take a long look at tape. What is it about Southern Columbia that makes them consistently tick?
6: Well, it seems like they just have the same offense. Um, I know we've you've talked to uh, some of the other announcers as well, and they've yeah. made the same point. It seems like they do some of the same things differently and it just seems like they keep coming up with these athletes every year. This year actually looks a little bit different in the past when you look at Southern you'd see it, you know, three or four backs that had over, you know, 7 800 yards and there's usually one that was the big back that you had to count on but there's other guys um, that were there, and then the passing games seemed to be more complementary when they needed to go to it. This year's a little bit different. Stone Hollenbach, who's a junior quarterback, has around 1,500 yards passing, completing 65% of his passes, and he's only thrown one interception. It's a little different about Southern. This year is they really have two big weapons. Gage Garcia, the sophomore running back, who's averaging almost 13 yards a carry, and then you have Julian Fleming, who uh, as a sophomore, I don't know if we've seen a better pure athlete in District 4. Um, we're talking about a kid that's getting looks from all over the place uh, around the country right now just as a sophomore. So they like to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know if you can ever count on shutting both of those guys down, but you hope you can can do your best and at least limit the big plays that they've been making over the years.
2: I'm going to get the gut feeling that Southern Columbia has rarely, except maybe for a couple of minutes here and there, played behind without the lead. So with that in mind, and I asked Greg this about Mifflinburg and Lewisburg, how important would it be for Seelands Grove to play with the lead tomorrow?
6: I I don't think. I I think that's an understatement. I think they need to get up early in this game um, and stick with it. The past couple of years, um, when you looked at the regular season, Southern's toughest games were against Sealands Grove. In 2014 and 2015, they were seven-point games, and even last year, um, they were up 24-7 at the half and were up um, by more than that right after halftime. And Sealands Grove came back in each of those games, but they just were. It seemed like they were always playing catch-up and they always had points to make up. So um, to, to get up big tomorrow night and maybe force Southern to do some things that they're not used to would be big and just limit the turnovers is going to be huge. Uh, Logan Leiby, who's you've heard his exploits the past few years, has been tremendous. The last three years, he's been picked off three times in each of the games, so um, Southern's been the one that's been able to make those momentum plays and get the breaks, not necessarily in a in a ref sense, but They've always been the ones that have seemed to make that big play when they need it. And for Salem's Grove to, to win tomorrow night, they're going to need to be the team that makes those momentum-changing plays.
2: Zach, appreciate it
6: very much. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
2: Zach Showers joining us on the show. So here's the lineup. Tomorrow it looks like this. It'll be Southern Columbia at Sealands Grove. That'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff, a 6 o'clock airtime on Eagle 107. Pat O'Brien, Ryan Brandt. Of course, our thanks to Zach Showers as always. Uh, Lewisburg will be at Mifflinburg for the Little Brown Jug on 100.9 The Valley. and That'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff, 6.30 the airtime. Our thanks to Greg Wetzel again. And then it'll be Milton at Chickaleming. Steve Williams with the Milton Call on WMLP beginning at 6.30 with a 7 o'clock kickoff. And the Shikalamy call right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK with Kevin Hurr and the Coach Dick Hort, 7 o'clock the kickoff, and 630 the airtime right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Another really big night of high school football coming up on the Sunbury Broadcasting family of stations. We'll be back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kier routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
6: Sunbury
7: Motors Kia is in need new. of used SUVs and pickup trucks. If you have a used SUV or pickup truck of any brand or any miles, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more than ever before on your next new Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia has 21 2018 Kia Sorenos starting at $24,999. Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more for your trade than ever before on your next new Soreno. Brand new Kia Souls sell elsewhere for $19,200. Not at Sunbury Motors Kia 2000 2017 sold start at $15,996. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 5-year, 60,000-mile basic warranty. If you are looking for the most money for your trade, Sunbury Motors Kia has been given the green light to overvalue your current vehicle to trade up to a brand new Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf.
2: Great to have you with us. Enjoyed, uh, as always, our conversations with our great announcers. And we've got some great ones here that just get the job done all the time. On WMLP, Eagle 107, 100.9 The Valley, and here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Uh, We're lucky to have the group of guys that we do. They are
1: good. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to catch all of them in one night, just go to our scoreboard page at WKOK.com. And after kickoffs tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, not only can you get the scores on the page, we'll also have links to all four of the streams. You can do your own little radio, high school football, Sunbury Broadcasting whip around. Pretty cool. Yeah.
2: No question. Do a great job. Now, we're doing predictions today. Phil Steele to break down the top teams in the country tomorrow on the show. Now, that's a conversation I'm really looking forward to. I mean, you think you know a lot about them, you know. I can, and as I pointed out earlier, you know, like me, you as a fan lock in so much on the Penn State game or other things that you maybe catch a little bit here and there of other teams. Well, Phil watches everybody in depth over and over and over. So we'll take the top teams of the country and we'll have Phil Steele break it down. His publication is The Gold Standard.
0: Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.